This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, depending on the time you're listening to the latest episode of the uh, Forever Bristol City podcast. Joining me tonight are uh, regulars uh, Mark and uh, Les. Ian uh, has got a few internet problems, so he might be uh, joining us later. Good, healthy number in the audience uh, listening live. Thanks for doing that. Final score at the, well, I'll call it St Andrews, but it's called the Trillion Dollar Stadium. Final score there was Coventry City 3, Bristol City 1. We thought it was bad enough against Stoke in uh, in midweek or Good Friday. I'm lost. It feels like a Saturday today. It's actually a Monday. But City put in what can only be termed a shit show. That's the only word to describe it. It was a disgrace. Uh, apologies for swearing at the front there, but it um, yeah, there's no other words uh, to describe that. Uh, Ian is now in the room with us. I'll come to all three of you, as we normally do, just to give a... Th- 30 second, no more, brief summary of the 90 uh, minutes as you saw it. I'll come to you first, Les. Your perception of the game in 30 seconds. Perception of the game, uh, my overall thinking is get rid of all those players who are out of contract, start thinking about next season, and I'm looking at that team today and who starts first game of next season. And as far as I'm concerned, you've got Bentley and you've got Callas. Arguably, you've got Wells up top. All the rest are either bench players or they need to go. And that's my view on where we are at, at the moment. Looking forward to next season. Okay, As for Mark, the game, as for the game Mark, in the game. I'm not yeah, interested in the game. <laughs> no, no, that's right. I mean, yeah, there's no, but I've, I wrote nothing down for City in the game. But we'll go, we go through the goals. Mark, your uh, thoughts this afternoon just on the you know, top line, headline of you. Well, it's official. Bristol City uh, players are now officially stealing a wage. If uh, if going through the motions uh, constitutes uh, getting a result, that's what City think they need to do, just to turn up and just go through the motions. We're actually playing worse than we did at the end of Holden's reign. Coventry City, fifth from bottom of the league, fighting for their lives, were outclassed as today. They were that much better. 
And for City side looking for an answer, as Nigel Pearson st- told us at the top of the show after Friday's debacle, he got it. Uh, they, we're continuing to go backwards. That that's the big worry. Nigel can't get a tune out of these players, uh, even after giving a route back into the game. They went. They went to. They gave it away again with their third joke goal. And City are officially in crisis. Get yeah, something think, done, Steve Lansdowne. Get your ass on a plane well, we're going to over talk to about Bristol that. and we sort it talk out. About that. Well, that's it. There's so much to talk about. Never mind uh, the game. Um, I mean, I said when the side was announced, I put on Twitter it was predictable lineup, not a bold lineup. Uh, Ian, I don't know if you're in the studio. Or you can hear us at all. Can you hear me, Ian, or uh, have you dropped out again? I think you've dropped out. Yeah, Ian's not there. Les, that lineup, it was predictable, really, wasn't it? Yes, rather than, you know, expressive and innovative. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assumption of, or fair way of putting it. Again, I don't think he's got a huge amount of choice, um, apart from in the centre midfield. I was a bit surprised Palmer was dropped. I think he was probably rested because he hadn't been great the last uh, game or two. But again, you know, people gave Holden a lot of stick for sticking Wells out on the wing, but Pearson seems to do the same thing every week I'd much rather see him up top um, but other than that it was pretty much as expected with a few players yeah. returning I mean it's interesting you say sticking Wells on the wing because what is the point of bringing Famara back because when Wells did get a sniff of a chance yeah he did he did score a goal what is the point Les as you see it what is the point of paying of playing Fam he's off you know he didn't even break into a sweat I didn't see him contribute anything today but you know because why, we haven't got the, why is he we persistent got, with him we haven't got the players available so he wants to play in this 4-3-3 if you put Wells up front who's going to play attacking on the left hand side you can't play Jeju there um, you can't you don't have to play him at all you could play Semenya wide on the left and give one of the kids a chance on the right well, if you yeah, don't play 4-3-3 let's, let's be honest if you look at the championship the likes of Semenya Viner uh, Masengo, they're the players who should be coming on to do a job. The, the players that we've got coming on, Sam Bell, Pearson, these are conference-level players at the moment. These players aren't good enough to be playing regular football in the championship and starting on the left or right wing, whatever. So the reason he's playing him is because, you know, we got rid of a license in the summer and we never replaced him because Holden wanted to go 3-5-2, put all his eggs in that basket. So what he's doing is he's trying to make the best out of the players that he's got. And the fact is, JJ on paper is a stronger player than a lot of these kids, which means that Wells is bummed out on the left-hand side because he wants to play 4-3-3. Um, when he loves, wrong. yeah, yeah. yeah JJ's yeah. been terrible. He's been terrible for the, what, the last month, month and a half, whatever. But unfortunately, I'm not sure he's got much options or he doesn't have much trust in his young kids. And like I said, these aren't kids like Semenyo, do you know what I mean? These are kids who are nowhere near ready for regular football at this level. They're only there. No, the they're real young they kids. So they injuries. are. They, yeah. yeah. They're, they're really young. Mark, Mark the, uh, the lineup, I say, predictable. No, nothing, you know, nothing unusual about it. You know, there was no youngster given, you know, a surprise debut because there was some kid he called Francois, something or other, that I've not heard of. Marty, Fra- the- Marty Francois, yeah. He, he, yeah. Went, he went up the, with the squad today. I think he's been given a three year contract. I mean, I've, I've seen a, sort of his show reel of goals and. Like most under twenty three players, he looks, looks very good on the ball. You know, slalom his way to goals in, in you know in, in under twenty three football. He, he's 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 looked quite useful. But I think Casey Palmer was sacrificed for not having a good game on on Friday. But then there was no creativity without him. There was no drive from midfield. Um, it essentially, looked like three 
three defensive midfield players, although Masengo was probably the more offensive of, of, the, of the three. But Naj, I mean... Well, Dave Febbs was texting me at half-time. He said Nag's first-half performance was uh, uh, an absolute uh, well, he, disgrace. I, I we used that I word a lot. Nobody would have known he was there. He was, he, was that, yeah. he was that anonymous. I think he touched the ball about twice and the ball bounced over him. It's absolutely uh, abysmal. Viner tried to play some long long passes, but we had no nobody. Who, I mean, if you looked at the last game we played at St Andrews, when it was a high-press Put the put the defenders put their their back, their back under, under pressure. Tap you know midfield midfield players who can tackle. We didn't do any of that, and we also when the defence pushed up, we were caught out by long balls from the back from, from Coventry. Yeah, uh, and they were going to up after the first after the first uh, twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, they had that many chances. All right, let's get into the action. Ian, Ian's dropping in and out, uh, but uh, I'm going to talk about the. Uh, we'll start talking about the game uh, itself. Uh, somebody's rattling papers as well in the background. Um, so put yourself on mute if you're doing that. I mean, the pitch looked like a pitch from the early 1980s, and uh, Bentley uh, flapped at one early on, and a couple of times or once uh, Callas cleared. I mean, the first goal when it came on eight minutes, it was a McCallum long throw, confusion in the box, Ostergaard, nice little finish from him. I mean, Les, 20, that was the 20th goal conceded from dead ball situation this season on a par with Rotherham, and we all know where they are. Yeah, right down towards the bottom and losing today doesn't look like they're going to pull out of it. I mean, it wasn't a good goal to concede and we're on the back foot after only eight minutes, aren't we? Well, we haven't got good enough players in the air. I mean, Carlos isn't very big, but he has a good leap on him. Mariapa, I don't think, has shown any sort of quality in dealing with crosses in his time here. We've got two small fullbacks in Simpson and um, Sessegnon. You've got Nadj, who's tiny. You've got Viner, who you know, falls asleep at set pieces when he's defending. So, you know, we ain't got a side who's big enough to deal with these kind of crosses and against big, strong sides. Even though Coventry, I wouldn't put in that category, but they're, they're not a bad, you know, phys- they're not not physical, but we just ain't they're got not the a rough, They're not a rough yeah, they're not a like rough a side, but we, just, we, like we that, ain't got they? the height, we ain't got the strength. And that's why we've conceded so many goals from set pieces this season. We've missed Nathan Baker. That's what yeah. he's good at. That's yeah. his bread and butter. And, 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 and he's obviously, he's still obviously injured or not deemed uh, Well, apparently he was going to, didn't Pearson say last week that he was going to be on the bench uh, for the Stoke game because they had these practice three, yeah. 20 minutes. intense and practice then, game, yeah. And then suddenly we, we haven't seen anything of him at all. And, you know, Mariapa has come in, he's done a job. But listen, he's not a big boy. Is he? He's what, 5'10", 5, 5'11". 5, and by centre-back standards, that's not big enough. And he's not particularly good in the air. Another one to move on in the summer. We need probably, I'd say, two centre backs. Well, but it was, it was, it was the, the note. It was the, the fact that we just didn't react because I think I think Callas was marking McFadsing. So McCallum throws the ball in. I think it glances. McFadsing glances the ball across. But Walker, Ty, uh, Tyrese, is it Tyrese Walker? Uh, Des Walker's son hooks the ball back from the back post, and Ostergaard just side foots it round the defenders. And, of course, Bentley's unsighted, so you can't blame him. He, that, the only time he sees it is in the back of the net. But we're just so slow to react. There's yeah. no, 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 there's no, there's no pressure on the, on the ball at all. They just stand no. there and, and watch it. And they forced a, a few throw-ins. 
And you know, we were warned after three minutes when the ball was chucked in by McCallum and uh, Bentley came out and punched the ball downwards and we cleared it. It came straight back to McFadden and took that overhead hit kick, didn't he? That's right. It was, the, right. Uh, it was the wrong wrong player in the right yeah. place. But, you know, it's just pathetic. Let's, let's, like let's, move, on through, uh, let's move on through the action. I mean, again, it was could have been 2-0 after 18 minutes. City were down the other end attacking. Next minute, the other team break. Coventry break and uh, it was a fine save by uh, Bentley from Gordon who touched the ball onto the post how many times have we seen City caught on the break when they've been attacking in the other box Les I mean it happens all too often doesn't it yeah it does and I think Nadge is tracking him back and then Gordon turns him on the edge of the box and then he side foots it but he's hit it just slightly too close to Bentley who's tipped it onto the post I mean you mentioned earlier about Nadge I mean that has got to be one of the worst performances from a City player I've seen in years he looked yeah. absolutely horrendous he looked completely out of his depth and he yeah. got done too easily and then um, yeah, yeah. Got you, can't say, you can't say the players were tired either because we made five changes and when he didn't get back until Friday, well, he didn't play a game. So he must have played, what was it, Wednesday, got back on Friday and he's playing today. But we made five and they made uh, six. six. I mean, it was no surprise at half-time, Mark, was it, when uh, when Naj went off. But then bloody Angela comes on, for goodness sake. <laughs> you know, what, what, what another... Awful signing. How many of the last... Well, I think it's all... The last seven signings have all been over 30. But half-time, Mark, he could have taken any two or three players off, couldn't he? But, you know, yeah, we I mean, surprised, no surprise that Naj went off. But no. Lansbury coming yeah. on, whoopee effing do, you know? Well, it must, have, it must have been quaking in their boots commentary when they saw Angela coming on. I mean, God, for God's sake. I mean, a defensive midfield player made one or two tidy passes, but that was a bit... You know that that was it. You know he he sets a very low bar. He had a decent game against Birmingham when he played there a few weeks ago, and that this was a complete antithesis of that because that looked like we we set you know we 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 found our identity as a pressing side who could who could tackle. We could put pressure on the opposing team's defence. You know, pick them off and create chances. Today we were just complete opposite. So lazy, 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 and. Coventry just ran ring round us for a while. I mean, when you talk to Les about that chance from Gordon, he had one three minutes earlier on 15 minutes. He just took a heavy touch and the ball was played between Mar- over Mariapa and, and Callas and he should have gone in the side foot at home. We looked yeah. all the six and sevens and there was they were playing the ball from the back. Um, I think Ostergaard played a, a long raking pass through for that one for Gordon. It, it's the same old thing, you know, long can, balls from the Can back you hear me, mother? Defenders. Oh, yes, Ian, can, Ian. Ian, Ian, he's off the naughty step Thank now. God for that. He's off the naughty step now. All right, okay. Look, let's. Uh, <laughs> look, we're not going to backtrack, Ian, because there's more to talk about than the game. Yeah, we still got a few bits to do on the game, but we have got so many messages coming in, and I want to give people just just give them shout outs what they've uh, said. And sorry if we can't read them all out, but they're all relevant. I mean, Matt has said. And we're going to come on to this. Someone has to take responsibility for all the general players we've recruited. That responsibility lies with uh, Mr. Ashton. Um, post-match from Nigel Pearson, apparently a very careless performance in which, yeah, it makes my mind up on lots of levels. Nigel laughed. Tomo said this. Nigel laughed at when asked about getting a contract soon and admit he may not even get offered the job. Uh, PBG, again, try and put your real names on there. I know they give you a code when you log in on this. As Pearson wasn't Lansdowne's first idea target, anyone suspect Appleton lined up for the post 
uh, in the close season. Lansdowne, Mendip City, Lansdowne doesn't care. He won't fork out for Pearson or what Pearson needs. Silver lining is that Pearson wouldn't have to work with these players. That's from Jimbo. Mendip City, Appleton wouldn't surprise me at all. Anybody read my uh, post on uh, OTIB this week when uh, I said conspiracy theorists uh, look away with Game Changer 20 Limited? I cover that a lot in there. Lee Johnson's legacy, absolutely right. Uh, I'd be interested to hear, Tomo says, what players in today's start in 11 you would keep for next season? Probably about three. Uh, Loud Lisa said, Pearson has said strong stuff. It's a situation at the moment when I think our players have to understand that we're still very much in a fragile position. We're certainly not safe. I think we are. And if we play like that for the rest of the season, we're in danger of being relegated. No, we're not. Um, yeah, we're not going to go down. That's it. Uh, second, let's get into the second half. Um, early substitution. Semenyo went off uh, injured. Mariapa went off. On come Pearson and Palmer. Ian, those substitutions nine minutes into the second half, yeah, they could have been made at half time, really, couldn't they? Because you could have, we said earlier when you were out the room, you could have taken four off at half time for the contribution they were making, yeah? Well, to be honest, you could have taken 11 off um, and replaced a lot, and you wouldn't have made it a lot worse. Um, it, I mean, Semenyo was our only bright spark, and Coventry soon found out of that and decided to kick hell out of him. Um, yeah. And we didn't have anybody on the pitch to protect him. Uh, so we've got too many players out there that are neither one thing or another or played out of position. I do blame people are saying, well, you can't blame Pearson. You can for, for keep playing Wells wide. Yeah, you, you can blame him for that because that just flat doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Um, well, he made no contribution. Let's come back onto those well, he, more strategic. He, he Let's come he's, back onto those. He scored the goal when he went into the middle. Let's come back onto those more strategic things when we've got to the end of uh, covering the game because substitutions were made on the hour. We almost Masengo almost got one. We said he's one of our better players, but no goals and no assists in two years at the club. But uh, Pearson and Palmer combined well, and Masengo, Vyman. Oh, what a bore he is! Imagine being coached by him which is what he's been doing up at the training centre of excellence this week. And he said if Masengo had gone with his left rather than lead with his right, he might have tucked that in. But uh, I'll come back to Les. The second goal, Sessignon lost possession. Yeah, uh, He didn't chase back. Somebody said, or I read somewhere, that Masengo was the one chasing back as they broke quickly. Walker was tripped by Callas. Penalty. Les, was that a pen? And once again, we're caught on the break by Sose. Sessing, you're one of our better players, losing possession, unforced errors. Well, whether it's a pen or not, they always get given, don't they? Because the guys running through, they've clipped legs, and you can't really work out whether Kalas has clipped him or the or the striker has clipped Kalas. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, but they're often they're often given, so you can't really complain. There's no complaints in the city side, from what I could see. And you know, when, once that goes in when we've been playing so poorly, that's pretty much game over. Good penalty, to be fair. You mean, he puts it away well, but yeah, let down by Sessignon. I don't think Sessignon had a good game today at all. No. I thought it was really poor. Um, yeah. What about Danny but, Simpson? What did you think of Danny Simpson, Les, today? I, think, I thought it was dreadful. Yeah. I thought his, his touch made Jeju look like Maradona. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I think the first touch that he had in the game, he took a, he, he had a, a space to run into and he's, He's lobbed it about 20 yards forward and then he's obviously lost possession to to a Coventry player. But yeah, I thought he was pretty dreadful, to be honest. I mean, I'm not sure what you could expect from him, really. He's a 34-year-old who hasn't played all season. 
No. Um, so he ain't going to be a ground, and he's playing at right back, ain't going to be a groundbreaking performance. I mean, I'm not entirely sure why we bought him other than to give Hunt a bit of a rest, or you don't rate Hunt. But yeah, I think it was very, very average, four, five out of ten. Yeah, pretty poor. Not good. Not good. More substitutions after that goal. Uh, Ian, Rowe, and Conway coming on for Sess uh, and uh, Fam. Been stealing away. Probably, well, he scored a few goals, but he doesn't look interested. But uh, And on 79 minutes, Conway and Pearson's pressure put uh, McFazdeen under pressure. And, uh, well, Welsh showed what he could do, didn't he? And it was a good finish by Naki in that central role, which is where we've been saying he should be being played for, uh, well, ever since he's been here, really. Yeah? Well, McFazdeen was a player we were linked with a few years ago. He's a big centre-half and... I think we were tactically brilliant when we decided to play the ball down the middle in the air when Fan went off and Naki went into the middle. And Conway's no giant either, is he? Neither is no. Pearson. So we kept playing the ball in the air, which I thought was absolutely tactically brilliant. I mean, uh, you know, we got three coaches on the sideline. I'll include Pearson in it. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to go long on a pitch like that, the forwards have to come a bit deeper and you have to chip the ball over the top, at the top or pass it through the defenders, and utilise pace. That's what we didn't do. We played yeah. backs to goal and yeah. lumped the ball forward to Naki Wells. I mean, McFadden must have thought it was his birthday. So, yeah. <clears throat> and we that, didn't even, in fairness, although it was pressure from Pearson and Conway, it wasn't even a, a goal created by us, was it? Because it was an error by him. But he showed what he can do if you thread those ball through to him, didn't he? Well, he's a finisher, and but you've got to create chances. And in the same way that we all criticise Fam, and he has got you know, a, 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 a touch like a trampolinist at times, uh, the service to him is abysmal. Yeah. And and it's part of what we don't do. And there's, we aren't anything as a side, right? We've got no identity. And it's not just today, no identity, no tempo, uh, no pressing. Our movement's appalling. We can see stupid free kicks. Yeah. Take stupid bookings, two more today. Yeah, our well, fan book can't... just for arguing, yeah. yeah and then you, one you... one bad challenge where the referee sees him go up and thinks he's used an elbow, and you're down to 10 men. So, well, needless I, I him, tweeted for... at half time that I thought fan would be lucky to, to see out 90 minutes. Um, yeah. But it's no good trying to play football on a pitch like that. It, no. Not with the ability our players have got, which is very little. <clears> so, yeah. you can't play out from the back. Now, it's no good. With the defenders that we've got anyway, trying to play out from the back with a right-footed left back. Having said that, Rowe was even worse when he came on. That's the worst I've seen Tommy Rowe playing all the time he's been. Well, let's come on. Let's come on. Let's come on to that goal in a minute. And I want to bring Mark in because he's been sat there in the background. Um, That that goal, Mark. Ten minutes to go against a Coventry side that didn't have to be at their best to beat us, but you think you've got a chance, don't you? And then you know of getting. An equaliser, but then the goal, the goal. Well, Rowe, I mean, Rowe's Rowe. going down. What was Rowe's that? going down. Well, Rowe's going down the left side. I think he's got Eccles, the uh, right midfielder, against him. And he just has to come inside. Plenty of space to run into. He turns just over the halfway line. He's in there half and plays the ball backwards to no one. And Walker yep. runs onto it, plays it across to O'Hare. He nudges it, uh, nudges it across to Giorcarez, and that's it. Three-one. I'm glad you pronounced that. Thank you I very much. I, I, I spelt it. What I was going to pronounce it, Yokray. Um, I mean, that summed up City, didn't it, uh, Les? That goal. You know, I mean, 
Tommy Rowe, we were having a debate after the game on uh, Good Friday where he was one of those players that we thought, I said he should be one that we let go because we're not going to go ahead with him. He's turned 30. Yeah, he's not a player that's going to take you to the next level. It was shabby and careless, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, he, he played when he came on like he was knackered. But he'd only been on the pitch five, well, five, ten minutes. Mm. Um, he looked like he had his legs stuck in the grass. He looked like his <laughs> legs are gone and all this bollocks that I've seen, I've seen on the forum from people saying, oh, yeah, Roe, he's one of them players we've got to give a new contract to. There's no way on earth no. we should be giving no. someone like Tommy Rowe a new contract. No. He's 34, 35 years old. His legs have gone. Okay, he's a waste of a wage. He's not good enough for a side as looking to get into the playoffs. Another waste of a and wage. And he's—I yeah. think there's 13 players who are out of contract or whatever it is. And he, for me, is a, one of the ones right at the top of the list. You let go. Off. Thank you for your service. You've done a steady off. job for bugger us. Bugger off. You're a nice now, bloke, but bugger yeah, off. Yeah. But you ain't All good right, enough for us. So, so Ian, what you sorry think, to bring you in, Ian. Ian, Ian <laughs> let me give you your contribution on Roe, the goal, and a future for him. Yeah. He hasn't well, on, got one here, has he? On the, on the goal, God knows why who he was trying to pass it to. It was a fantastic through ball for them. Pass of the match. Um, I Why didn't he just play it forward into the final third? Anywhere would do. Kick the thing out of touch would be yeah. better than what he did. Yeah, uh, I've got no idea um, what he was even trying to do. And he, he just must have absolutely lost his mind. Yeah. Um, so no, I, after saying last time I might I might give him a year. He's only thirty one, but I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't give him a year. Um, I would. Um, I, I, to be honest, even with Liam Walsh, who we all said uh, we'd like to keep, um, do we keep him? Can we get him fit? I mean, this is well, allowing this is it. Well, we, this we, is we this... probably need to change the medical team. But even if we change it, can we get these players fit? Because we don't seem to be able to get to get these players fit. Yeah. For, for, well, when you're out of the room, Ian, we were talking about Nathan Baker that allegedly was going to be, they had an intense practice game. He was going to be on the bench, certainly for Stoke. And if he wasn't on for Stoke, you'd have thought he'd have been on today. And it, it, what's the matter with him? And then people have, some some people have said as he had a bit of a ruck with Callas, that was a rumour that was going around last week. That's no reason not to put him in, not when you've got a disciplinarian, so say manager like uh, uh, Nigel Pearson. I mean, look, let's get on to the things. Dave, if he's if he's fit, Nathan for me, Nathan Baker plays in a in a back three on the left, play, and you play with 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 wing backs. Yeah, uh, and you can put three in midfield then because we need that because we haven't really. Got a quality midfield player at the club, not a holding one or an attacking one. I mean, Palmer's all right, but he, he's not gonna not gonna take you to the next level unless he gets a lot of help. Um, so so no, I mean, I think if he's fit, he should play. Um, yeah. Because you know, we 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 went out today and we had that must be the smallest. I was trying to think of a a smaller Bristol City defence in all my fifty odd years of watching City, and I can. Yeah. Well, look, let's talk about the other stuff that was going to be in the news this week, even if we'd have got a decent result today. And But before we um, 
finish on a game. I saw this one. This is Bexhill Reds. This is off OTIB. Uh, and not, I think he's done just under a thousand posts. So he's reasonably regular. And I thought he summed it up really well. I'm going to read out his little post uh, on there. And talking about the game, that was absolutely pathetic. No one running in front of Rowe. Aimless back pass and game over. So that was a go. And then he went on to say, and you know the words that are going to be, I'm not going to say them, you lot can F off, then keep effing off, then F off some more. And when you think you've effed off deny- enough, you can have another go at effing off. I think that's how I feel. And uh, I think uh, to a man or to a person, we'd all agree, agree with those sentiments, wouldn't we? Yeah. Agreed, boys? Yeah. People. yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> people, people, people struggling to make ends meet. You know, where people need 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 cheering up. We're we're still we're still in lockdown. We've got to watch that. I mean, players, you know, they're on good they're on good money. They, they're just stealing a wage. Well, they are. It's an yeah. insult. It's an insult. To, it's let's an read, insult let's to read the, some more. Of the, read some more of the messages that have come up on there. Baza said. Do you think these players would give a shit if our fans were there? I mean, Les, let me ask you that one. Do you think these players would give a shit if our fans were there? Uh, I think they probably would, but I think that's the same with all teams, isn't it? All the teams are playing with no fans, um, so I don't see it as an excuse. I mean, one thing that will happen is if they're playing shit at home, the fans will give them a rollicking, um, and then ultimately they'll get dogs load of abuse, and they'll have to react to that, um, but... The fans, no fans, I think it doesn't really, um, it's not a relevant question because they're professionals, they've got a job to do and they ain't doing it, they ain't putting the work in and that, a lot of that's down, I think, to a mindset with them being out of contract so they don't really got to. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, can, I just, can I just make a quick point about form? I, I, I've done an analysis on our away form and our home form and we've been in poor form at home since January 2018. So if you want to call it seasons 18, 19, 19, 20 and 2021. And our away form is only slightly better by comparison. It's not like, you know, so we're ninth or before today, we were ninth in the away league and 19th in the home league. So, you know, when we start saying, oh, well, we're great away and we're, you know, we're not not any good at home. We're not. It's only it's only as a comparative number, and that's been the case with fans in the ground, with no fans in the ground. Yeah, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. Well, look, look, I mean, the last time we had a period of sustained performance where the football was good, and you talked about the word identity. We're going back. It's three and a half years now. It was the start of that seventeen eighteen season when yeah. we had. Limited player resources, yeah, limited player because he wasn't playing with his first choice striker, but we had identity with the high press. Then we went out in that transfer window and we bought Diony and Liam Walsh. Well, that one went well, like so many. But look, let's let's talk about well, we got Ryan, we got Ryan Kent as well, didn't oh, we? Oh, we got Ryan Kent as well. And he was anonymous as well. Um, I mean, look, Nigel Pearson, um, his contract. Now, his track record at the moment, because, you know, if you're generous, you give him the Middlesbrough away game and all he did for that was probably go in the dressing room and say, I'm Nigel Pearce and you lot better effing win or something like that on my first day. <laughs> he had no involvement in that. But, um, let, Les, I'll come Sorry. to you. Um, Nigel, Nigel, right, 
it's heresy to say this because it was like the second coming when he first came. I personally, I believe he is still the man to do the job because he's got the credentials. Yeah. But, you know, should we be looking at Pearson? He had them on the training ground for two weeks. Some were away on international duty. But before we get into the whys and wherefores of the timing of offering something, do you think even after today, Pearson is the man for the job? Well, let me think. Do I think he's a man for the job? Uh, I'm not convinced. I think he's very good in interviews at saying nothing, but mm. trying to come across in a very particular way to seem like he's coming out with this all exciting. Like a sage. Like a sage. That, but he's yeah, Yoda. He's very, we call him Yoda he's very, from now on. Well, he's, very, he's very clever at saying nothing. Uh, <laughs> and then. It, uh, but when you actually look at his recent record, he was in where was he? he was in Holland, I think it was, and he got binned off. Yeah, he got bombed out he, of there. Yeah, because they, 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 yeah. they were owned by the same people that own Leicester. Yeah. The, uh, he was at Watford. It. He was at Watford, and he got binned off. And then he was at Derby, and he got binned off. So this idea that he's this messiah, uh, you know, his recent track record ain't great. And the thing that concerns me, and I appreciate that he's got a, a bunch of players who aren't particularly good. I'm not seeing any identity. I'm not seeing anything, a real clear game plan on how we intend to play. And that yeah. worries me a little bit. Um, but at the same time, look, he has got a proven track record of getting quality. He has got a proven track record. So, and look, you know, it's, he, he, he's there. Ian, let me, ask, let me ask you the same question. We talk about the dragging of heels, apparently, on his contract, right? But notwithstanding today's results, because I think this is a player problem, I think. And a coach's problem because he's got he's not working with anybody he's worked with before. But right here, right now, do you like me still feel Pearson is the man for the job? Um, I'm not usually a bloke, as you know, Dave, to sit on the fence. But I'm I'm not sure. All right, Humpty. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it a lot of it depends on what he's gonna be given to do the job. If Steve Lansdowne says to him, well, there, there you are, Nigel, there's a three-year contract. Uh, there's no money to spend. And, um, you know, you have to get by with the players that we've still got and the youth. Then I don't think it's worth giving him the job. Mm. I think you're wasting your time. Um, mm. I, I don't think that Lansdowne's going to say that. And obviously we're going to come on to talk about his comments on the three peeps podcast it had been widely reported by our local yeah. media who must be a bit embarrassed that those guys got a bit of a scoop yeah um but i i'm not sure i'm not sure that so you're in, on the fence okay. unless, you're on the fence. Uh, unless he's allowed unless he's given the wherewithal let's put it that way in, in either wages signing on fees um or a bit of both whatever it is unless he's given that to improve the squad that he's got, and that means signing, as I've said, eight to 12 players. Mm. And I can even give you the positions we need with the ones we got left. Um, Let's not do that. That's too much detail because we've got a lot to get through with yeah, but, the contract. But what I'm and, saying and... is there's no, no point in giving him the job and then not, then not giving him the tools. All right. Mark, let me ask you the question. Is he still the man for the job? Yes based on his track record, but he should yeah. still be getting much better results with the players yeah. that he's got, despite we should all notice, his injuries. We should have noticed something, shouldn't we? Right, I'm going to pick oh, up... Oh, God, yeah. A couple of comments. Oh, the other thing, one, one quick thing. There's the, the, 
although that was a scoop with with Steve Lansdowne, there's a bit of background to it because I looked at their website. Um, uh, Rich, the co-host, used to work for Hargreaves Lansdowne. I think Patch might have done as well. So they got on their Good Friday was co-host Rich 50th birthday. So what better way to start with a chat with his old boss? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they've. Yeah, I haven't heard the interview yet. I'm going to. I'm going to pick up a couple of comments that uh, Red Oxo has made here. SL's head's gone. John, John Lansdowne, Playboy in, in the Caribbean, and SL <laughs> finally saying he's looking for a sale. How people think this won't take its toll internally is beyond me. Still, no statement from Holden tells its own story about what is going on internally. I don't know what that means actually, but uh, and then he's gone on to say. Red Oxo in another post. No identity. We have a stay-away chairman. Well, yeah, he's been educating his kid out in the West Indies, and he's been over in Bermuda, I'm guessing, for six months now. Uh, no identity. We have a stay-away chairman, a majority shareholder looking to sell, a CEO who is hiding, and a brand-new head coach with players that seem to have an attitude problem. That is our uh, identity. All right. Parking the fact that it wasn't a good game today and we're sort of, I'm in support of Pearson, but there's general indecision all around. This business of Steve Lansdowne not meeting him in person. Les, if you have engaged somebody who is the guardian of the most valued part of the Bristol sport brand, would you not get your ass on your private jet and get over and meet him in person and get on with it, yeah, rather than saying what's being said now, I haven't met him yet? That doesn't inspire confidence, does it, in the long term? But more importantly, if he really wanted him, he'd have been over here by now, wouldn't he? Or do you think he's hedging his bets? I think he's probably hedging his bets, but at the same time, I think he's leaving a lot of it to Mark Ashton. Um, I think he's probably watching from afar, just keeping an eye on things, watching the games and treating it as a game by game. You know, this is a short term deal until the end of the season and then they'll revisit it. I don't think there's anything more to it than that. Should he make more of an effort? Well, I suppose he should, but <laughs> Pearson ain't exactly um, getting great results, is he? So maybe the jury's still out from his perspective as well. See, the other thing linked into that as well is that when we go and get somebody like Pearson. He's got the track record. It's not showing at the moment, but that encourages season ticket sales. Yeah. And if you set the bar at Pearson or the perception of Pearson, if we end up with Mark Ashton's mate Appleton, yeah, right. People ain't going to buy season. You know, we've, you, you've got to go a markup from Pearson really, haven't you, Les, if you're going to make people feel enthused because at the moment, right. It's all going. It just all seems to be going to rat shit on every level, doesn't it? Well, I, I, th I think Lansdowne, I hope Lansdowne realises that with so many players out of contract this uh, summer, it's a really big summer for the club. If they get this right, they're going to be in a really good position. And what they don't want to do is lose someone like Pearson, get someone like Apple in, get a load of League One or League Two signings who ain't good enough, and then we retreat backwards. I think, you know, what I hope, uh, Lansdowne is thinking is, okay, we don't need to do a deal now. We'll do a deal at the end of the season and then we'll give him the money to really make a big difference. Because All otherwise, right. if, we, if we do end up with someone like Appleton, I think we are going to be in a bit of trouble next season. Yeah. Ian, the point there, you know, it, it, he's what, what uh, Les was just saying, right? Pearson said after the Stoke City game, this, the end of the season will be too late 
Now, that is only six games away, five weeks. But I get it because if he wants the job, and I think he does, yeah, you need to start making changes now, which is get rid of Downing and Simpson because they've been as much help as a wet weekend. Do you agree with that view that the longer this goes on, the less likelihood it's going to be Pearson, Ian? Um if you, when we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, I said I was ninety percent certain, and so did everybody else, that that Pearson would be staying. Um, I uh, I'm now probably closer to sixty percent, um, more or less on the basis of the last two performances, not necessarily results. I mean, like I said, I've supported City a long time, um, and I've seen bad results, plenty of them, and I've seen bad performances, plenty of them, but. Not when we've gone out and invested the kind of money in the squad and had the number of players that we have, albeit we have sold all of our best players, but you have to do that when you're unsuccessful. Um, so, but there are other managers available if Nigel decides that, you know, Steve Lansdowne decides that he, he doesn't fancy Nigel or Nigel decides that he doesn't fancy Bristol City. You know, you've still got Eddie Howe, Chris Wilder. And, and people like that. Well, Eddie Howe's going to Celtic, though, Ian, isn't he? Yeah. Well, and that... he's been. Well, he, he he's had he's held talks with them, um, but he's not decided if he's going. And, and as I've said to you before on a few occasions, he's very very happy on the south coast. In Glasgow's a hell of a way from the south coast, but it depends what he wants to do. If he wants to go out there and live on his own in a flat, join. Yeah, week, but he doesn't. Or... I mean, in fairness, Ian, he could get a plane from Bournemouth Airport and get from Bournemouth Airport up to Celtic's trading ground quicker than you can get from Clevedon into uh, Bristol City Centre, you know? So, and yeah, if he stays... That is a doable commute from that perspective without too much disruption. Well, the kind of money easier. And, and, and in the same way, Steve Lansdowne could jump on a plane or put Nigel Pearson on a plane and have a socially distanced meeting. I think, I think the problem with Pearson going to Guernsey, that's the problem, is that they've got a friend of mine uh, or friend of a friend lives over there and they've got a very strict regime for people coming in. But Lansdowne could come over, right, and then go back and sit in his mansion for 10 days and self-isolate. That's what he would have uh, to do. I mean, uh, Mark... Um, Poor. The longer it goes on, Pearson, the less chance we've got of keeping him. And then, if not Pearson, then who, 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 who? Or do we start looking at these second raters, which means season ticket sales or bomb? Yeah, and we're looking at a relegation. Hang on, Dave. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Chris Wilder a second rater. I, mean, I didn't he, call Chris Wilder. I said I didn't. I should have included him, but I'm looking at some of these. People like the, you know, the Ryan Lowe's and the Mark Appletons and the guy at MK Dons. But let right, me ask okay. Mark. Let me ask Mark. Yeah, and Mark of course the, the press, the, the press, the Preston. Uh, I mean, the Preston job's open as well at the moment, isn't it? So they got uh, Lisa's. My sister Lisa said uh, that there's 60 applicants for that job. I mean, there's people like the Cowley brothers. Where do you want them? There'll be foreign. There'll be foreign coaches who, who would be interested. I mean, you've only got to look at the, what the job that Ishmael's done. Uh, it barns me to you know to know that you, you 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 know you can get little gems out there. Although we seem to really me- mess up, don't we? We, we? Whenever we we seem to make the right appointment, we still manage to f it up uh, in, in in big big style. So we just don't know. But commercially, it's going to bomb. I mean, season tickets go on sale um, tomorrow tomorrow week. And remember those little letters we used to get from Mark Ashton last season. We did this. We scored more goals. 
we yeah. you know we did this we did that how is he going to spin this one we had more we had more hamstring injuries getting Pearson <laughs> than look, we ever getting, had, Pearson, you know? getting Pearson signed right Getting yeah. Pearson signed would help sell season tickets. And then you can yeah. sign a contract. This is a very cynical attitude, right? Because they are cynical in their approach to dealing with fans, I feel, right? But they could say, look, give you the contract. And if another club wants you, we will let you talk, right? Because it's feasible that Pearson could sign tomorrow and then somebody else could come for him out of some of those clubs because uh, who is it? He, he wouldn't go to Sheffield United, but then Danny no. Wilson did both. But he might go to Preston, yeah, Pearson. He might go to Preston. Yeah, still I don't think. I don't. I don't think he won't. Dave, he won't go to Preston. Preston haven't got no. the infrastructure or they the haven't. They they, size, and they, yeah. they they haven't got they haven't got the money, but they still produce competitive competitive teams but they yeah i mean the guy i think he's in in into horse racing and need their uh their their chairman and, and, he, and he, they do scout well get a lot of players from from ireland and they get some very good low knees and they produce you know workman workman like teams who send to flirt with the with the playoffs like we do but just aren't aren't good enough but they're competitive yeah um you could say you know they're, they're getting better value for money with their team than, than we are but um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure that's the best thing for for him. Maybe maybe Wilder would take a step down. We'd he take, might go there. We would take. We would well, take. Mark, he's, he, Wilder's unemployed, so it's hardly a step down anywhere, is it? No, no. Somebody said on here, uh, Wilder's on seventy k a week. Well, he was. Now, if he's, I don't know how long Wilder had left on his contract, right? Well, he but, supposedly wanted to resign about three times, didn't he? Because yeah. the Prince Abdullah, whatever his name is, went on TV and said he offered to resign if if we would pay, if I would pay him off, and he wanted four million or something like stupid like that. I think that was, wasn't it? And he yeah, sold, because he's not going to go. take one of those deals that he's not going to give up if he can sit on his butt. For the next two years on seventy grand a week, he's not going to take ten grand a week down here, is he, or something like that? Yeah. Uh, somebody's pointed mm. out the Cowleys are now at Pompey, by the way. Uh, yeah, Tomo, right. he reckons he reckons season ticket sales on next week. He reckons he can see Pearson seeing signed by Friday on a two and a half year deal. I think it could be a two year deal with a one year option, maybe. I don't know. And that gives and that gives Mark Ashton the letter. Nigel Pearson's Bristol City NPBC merchandising straight away. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Steve Lansdowne was full of, we're not going to rush into this, we've got to do the right thing, when he'd sacked Dean Holden and appointed uh, the interim managers. It took one game and Pearson was on board within a week. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps after today, I think he's got to make his mind up if he thinks Pearson's the right bloke to to completely turn the club around. The problem with it is that Steve Lansdowne doesn't think that the club needs turning around. He thinks it's more fine-tuning and we've got a good squad. And well, he's got... a bit deluded then, isn't he? I'd so get he, him to go to a different optician, Ian, wouldn't you? Well, he must be because um, we're not um, in any way, shape or form have we got a, a good squad, particularly when all the players that are leaving leave, we look a bit threadbare and a bit weak. And we've got to... Um, we, we've got to strengthen if we're interested in it and anybody, I mean, let's not forget in the podcast, I'm welcome to um, three peeps in a podcast because they, they've come into the room. Um, well done. Yeah, Welcome the, to uh, three blokes in a eulogy. 
Yeah, we, and we met them, but, you know, I'm, I'm well done for pulling that off uh, last week with the, with the help of Nexus. Um, I, I, he hasn't said the club's up for sale. He, in fact, he didn't make it clear whether the input money was for the football club or for Bristol Sport. Well, that's, just- that's, yeah, that's the interesting point because, Ian, we've been saying two months ago, and Les, you've been in the studio when we've been saying it as well and people that have listened, we were saying, was it part of some bizarre master plan letting so many players be out of contract? And we all, everybody always felt that Holden was a safety appointment, you know, a consolidation one just for the benefit of COVID. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 we've, we've been saying this, that Lansdowne wants out. So what do you think, Ian? Is it the football club or the whole thing? Because if it's the football club, you can sort of let that run as a little entity. We talked about this, renting the ground back, you know, vary the rate depending on what division we're in. But yeah. Lansdowne likes control, right? He owns everything. Yeah. Right? The football club, he's got 20,000 fans giving him grief all the time, and he will never achieve – he will never achieve, I don't think. He doesn't want to put the money in. He'll never achieve with a football club what it looks like he's going to achieve. He's already on the road to doing it with a rugby club, which is part of Europe's elite. We're but not it's a lot smaller it. pool. It's a lot. It's a. It's a. It's of a course, lot and it's a lot less. It's a lot less rugby. money. So yeah, if you had to put, if you had to put your mortgage on it, Ian, yeah, mm-hmm. he said investment, right? Yeah. You know, it, and his boy is nowhere to be seen in any of these discussions. He said investment, right? If you had to put your mortgage on it, Bristol Sport or Bristol City? I would say Bristol City. Yeah. And but what you'd have to say is, well, OK, let's say I'm sat listening to that and I think, well, I wouldn't mind sticking 50 million into that because that's the, the amount of or somewhere between 20 and 50 million is what he's going to be looking for. But let's call it a piece of the action in Bristol City. Mm. So if I put my 20 to 50 million in, what do I get? Because it, it, he also was very quick to say, but they have to buy into our culture and the journey we're on. Which yeah, well, that's why we didn't, and that's why, <laughs> that's why we didn't get Chris Hutton allegedly because you know this buying in to the culture. Well, it, it's probably Hutton may have said the same to him as Pearson is likely to say, is that we've got a major problem and this is what we need to do. Now, if Steve Lansdowne says, "Well, I don't buy that," there's no point in employing Nigel Pearson. So, it, somebody needs to sit down. And I've worked for a lot of very, very, very rich men, okay? Um, Not as rich as Steve Lansdowne, I have to say, but wealthy. And they don't like being argued with or anybody putting over a different point of view. And they're very strong and convincing Mm. when they're right, but they're also very strong and convincing when they're entirely wrong. Mm. Yeah, Lansdowne said, Ian, I don't want people coming in to spoil what we've done. Yeah, but... Yeah, but let, that, that's what Sorry. I said previously. But on three yeah. peeps in a podcast, he said, you know, it's gonna it's a waste of time if they don't buy into our culture and our journey. Now, if someone says, well, actually, you're going in, that's this journey, Steve. Yeah, you're going in the wrong direction, mate. A lot of things are right. So you've got the, I'm going to call it a training ground. I'm not calling it the other thing. I'm not going to mention that. The training ground, you've got the stadium, three quarters of it. The away end won't sort in, but you can do that when you get in the prem. Um, and you've got the academy 
So all of that, big tick in the box. Well done. Excellent. The play inside. There's nothing there, mate. We've got to completely rebuild it. We've got to yeah. change the medical team. We've got to change the recruitment team. We've got to change a lot. Because yeah. it's, it let us down. And that's why we have to sell the best players. Because you always sell your best players when you're unsuccessful. And by that, I mean, if you don't get promoted at the championship. And it'll, sure as eggs is eggs, it'll happen to Brentford this season if they make a mons of it in the playoffs again. Which is what they'd like to do. I mean, Les, let me ask you the question. This is obviously a big discussion point. Um, investment, Bristol City or Bristol Sport? And as as Tomo's put on uh, here, 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 somebody's put on here, um, is it Tomo? Well, no, it's PBG, DZPB5. Why would you invest millions but have no control? Do you think it's possible... Well, Les, sorry, Bristol City or Bristol Sport? What's he talking about there? I've got no idea. I don't know, Dave. I just it's all <laughs> work. It's all it. high finance. Uh, yeah, it, it, no, whatever right. happens happens. It whatever happens happens. Yeah. So no idea. Mark, what do you think, Bristol, Bristol City or Bristol Sport? Well, Bristol City, but they like to think they're, they're, they're all, all part of the same thing. But if somebody comes in with major investment, they're going to want to want they're going to want to want control. I mean, Bristol, Bristol City, it's an investment opportunity with, with you know with our potential fan base because you know we're in, 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 we're, we're you know we're, we're in a bit of an outback football wise, but there's. You could get, you could fill the stadium every week if you got in, into the Premier League. It's quite an attractive proposition to yeah. a Far East or an American consortium if they wanted right. to put, put the money in. Yeah, well, that's it. Put the money in. Ian, let me ask you this question, right? Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong on the financial intricacies because Bristol City Football Club, as a company, does not own Ashton Gate anymore, does it? Because that's Pooler investments have been so many different yeah. companies that are created so it could be like this that they say right you know to pick me up on any technical points it could be like this they say right you can have you've got the ground right you can have all the gate revenue and all the tv revenue right but you put 50 million into the club as goodwill right so you've got to put that into the club and you you know, you, you could lay down certain stipulations and then those people that gamble 50 million, yeah, it could even be 100 million, yeah, because that's big money then. 100 million is not a lot to these people because it's debt-free. Yeah, he's got the infrastructure, which is what some people have been saying on there. So you've got a debt-free football club and your task is you can put in 100 million, right, and you've got an objective to get it into the top flight of English football within three years, and if you get it within three years, you're going to make, right, 300 million. And that's a conservative number. So if you invest 100, right, you could make 300 in three years. And those sort of Americans and people like that, that's chicken feed to them. Do you think something like that is feasible? That's the first question. Well, first of all, the club's not worth anything if it doesn't own the infrastructure. So no, but it's goodwill, you... but it's goodwill. It's the brand, Bristol City. What, under, you under, would buy under, a brand. Dave, Dave, calm down. Hundred million pounds <laughs> for for goodwill. You've got to be joking, haven't you? Yeah, but in football, in in football, people chuck 
you know, Steve Lansdowne, he's, he's spent more money than a hell of a lot of people who've achieved a hell of a lot more, right? He must Correct. have been, what the hell have I done wrong? So when it comes to doing the football bit, people are stupid with their money. So somebody would say, look, you can take this football club. You haven't got to worry about the ground and everything. You'll get all the adulation. There's certain criteria that we'll put in. Yeah? yeah, I don't know how all this impacts on FFP if you have goodwill or well, you sponsor you, or something like that. You know, there are ways, aren't there, that you can well, get? Really, I mean, Dave, you can put. You're allowed to lose thirty nine million as somebody's put on here. Thirty nine million over three seasons. Right. So if you add a hundred million, you can't give it to Pearson to spend and say, "Here you go, knock yourself out," because you can't do it. Now, what you could do is take a massive risk and give him thirty nine million pound to spend. In one season, and if you get if you go up, fantastic. If you don't, oh dear, have you got problems? You, you just can't. If you you just can't, you know, spend in space. Like somebody said on Twitter today that this uh, new guy Dreyfus, who's just bought Sunderland, has got 60, 60 million. Sixty million, in, yeah. But not at once. So I'm looking at that and thinking Johnson's going to get twenty million a season for three seasons, but he's going to have to generate some of that itself. That's more realistic. But you 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 could put in a billion, but you couldn't spend it on football. You could put in a billion and buy a ground. You could put in a billion and expand the academy because all of those things don't count towards FFP. What about sta- what about stadium naming rights or something like that? Well, that's you still can't spend it on players. You could you you yeah you could somebody could say right I'll give you a go to Steve Lansdowne and say right so. If if I'm spending a hundred million, I want some assets that I can then sell. If it's only disposal, so let's say for example where the training ground is, you could sell that again and build houses on it. Or yeah. but, with but the hang, hang on, you say about buying assets. But if you look at a company like Deliveroo, that's yeah. worth two billion, yeah, say mm-hmm. they the asset is. is the brand and the concept. It's not bricks and mortar and and land. But yeah, but Deliveroo. What was late? Like, uh, Dave, what was Deliveroo, Deliveroo don't lose on average ten million a season. No, but a lot a of these year. companies, when they start, though, they do. They're minus fifty million. Dave, look at last going, minute. Look at lastminute.com when that came on. Dave, that was just a booking agency. Dave, and people paid a load of money for it. Dave, we've been going Amazon a century. Mate. We've been going hundred years, and we're not. We don't make money. So you, you can't play that game, and they're going to say, right, where's your money coming from? Well, we're getting sponsorship, and we're getting this money, seven eight million a year off the Premier League in a solidarity payment and TV money, right? Then we're going to sell three and a half million quid for season tickets. So they say, right, okay, so the income is, before you sell a player, is going to be around 15 million, mm. right? So what else am I getting? I'm putting me 100 million in. And at the moment, you're paying out 123% of your income in wages, which we are. And now that might change when these 15 players clear off out the club, but you've got to buy some more. Mm. So what I'm looking and saying, if I'm buying the whole shooting match, if I'm buying the stadium and I'm buying the training ground, I would value that at roundabout... 100 million, 110 million, something like that, right? Then I've got something for my money to show for it. And it has, I mean, no one has ever bought a football club without buying the ground and everything else 
have done okay with it. They, I mean, I mean, look, lost yeah. their shoe. Well, in, in, in which case, then I don't think, I don't think Lansdowne is going to sell uh, anything to do with Bristol Sport, the infrastructure, and everything like that. I don't think he's going to sell it. So where are we? I mean, Les, if you had to map out the next four weeks, what would you like to see happen? Yeah, because it's all speculation. I would like, yeah. What, what, well, what, what, what in, in, in general, yeah. In general, in general, right, okay. I'd like the club behind the scenes to be on some really big scouting missions with uh, knowing that they're going to need 15, 16 new players in the summer. Uh, I hope they're not going to cave in and end up giving short term deals to some of these players like Hunt and Rowe. Um, I think. Thinking about it deeper, I think giving Pearson a contract is probably a good idea, two-year deal. Um, get that wrapped up so then he, he has a track record of bringing players in. He brought in Mares for God knows uh, well under a million from the French second division and players like that. So he's got... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so this is a guy, yes, I don't think he has had the impact we wanted, but he has solidified our position, give him a deal and really spend the time getting the right players in in the summer. So they should be scouting and being cutthroat. The Hunts, the Rose, Jeju, Walshes. Thank you very much. See you later. Yeah. That's what I want to see happen. What do you want to see over the next four weeks? Season tickets going on sale. You know, three home games to go, all difficult. Well, Luton's not so difficult, but with our form, it is. Three home Everybody's games. Everybody's difficult. Going on sale. <laughs> what, what, what's good look like for you between now and the 2nd of May? You've got to, make, you've got to decide whether you want Nigel Pearson ASAP. It's no good waiting three weeks. Sort, sort it out as soon as possible so that there's some certainty, both commercially, uh, well, commercially and, 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 on the, and on the playing side. Um, yeah, you've got to put a good a good scatter network. No, I think Norwich City approved that you can make astute signings and you don't have to spend a fortune, and they still play good football. Uh, you know, where they, where they recruited from mostly from Germany, funnily well, fun enough under Daniel under Daniel Fark. So he, it, it is possible. You don't have to go like the Bournemouth route and uh, getting getting an FFP P fine because, uh, like they did, I think they settled. Did they settle in the end? Uh, yeah, they settled, the, for, they settled for 50% of 8.8 million. So they paid 4.4 after they earned 300 million of TV money. Yeah. Not a bad well, deal. It's not as that. Isn't there, that, isn't there that a COVID? Isn't, did I read somewhere? I was asking Dave Fevs about this the other day or sent him a text. Did I read somewhere that there's a COVID amnesty that, you know, there's going to be a little bit of. You know, well, look, this season everybody's finances are in a bit of a mess, so it's maybe not going to be so rigidly applied. Not that it's ever been rigidly applied before. Ian, did, are you aware of that? Have you read something along those lines? No, I'm not. But you would think there would be. Um, you think there would be something along those lines, uh, what I call a relaxation, because mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you look at where everybody is, every club. Um, below the Premier League, I would think, is going to lose money this year. And and the only thing that will vary is the amount. Um, So we're Bristol City aren't in huge uh, debt, but we haven't got any assets either because they're all owned by Pula. So, um, you know, Bristol City, as, as something to buy, you know, I asked the question again, what would you pay? For something that is going to lose thirty million this year, 
and then 10 million per season on average thereafter. Yeah, yeah but what, what, Ian, so that 30 million, we know they're going to lose 30 million this year, right? Yeah. And Steve, he's chucked loads of money in. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And he's covered losses. So he's invested in infrastructure and he's probably covered, he's chairman for 18 years, he's probably covered 150 million in trading losses. So mm -hmm. he has probably spent north of 200 million on this. But what he's got now, he's got the stadium. He's building the basketball stadium as well. He's got a top flight rugby club, right? He's got, mm -hmm. let's say, the basketball trains, blah, blah, blah. He's got all of that. And the only problem is the football club. Now, he's probably got enough money that if he really wanted to, he could throw the money at the football club that's needed. But is it that he's just had enough of it and... You know, if the crowds were back in at Ashton Gate, he'd be getting so much grief, wouldn't he? That because everybody is saying it's you, you know, you're the problem when it comes to the football club. Well, he, he wouldn't be allowed to to put in. He's only allowed to put in so much. I mean, so we have to see what happens with FFP and how much he's allowed to put in. I mean, it, you know, like I said before, if someone comes along in. You know, I can't see someone coming along and investing the kind of money he wants without it being a more of a partnership. So Steve's not going to have his own way. And, and I can't, I genuinely can't see him putting up with that. Yeah. Les, your final word on this? Sorry, what was the question? Yeah, you know, just, just with Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We sort Lack of, of concentration. This is not, this is not <laughs> the, the focus that we normally have because, as you rightly said, Les, a few minutes ago, you don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But, I mean, do you, you, know, do you think Steve would share what he's built with anybody? And that's the broader thing. Um, I suppose... I think yeah. I think he probably would if he was transitioning the process of ownership over time. If he doesn't feel like his son or his son doesn't want to take on the reins when he goes, he may transition to someone else over time if he finds the right person. That's the only way I can see it happening. Um, but he's a very stubborn man. A lot of these very successful businessmen are. And like it's been previously mentioned, he likes power and he likes to be running the show from his home in Guernsey. So... I don't, it's hard to say because we don't know, but I mean, it's going to get to a point. It's going to get to a point. It's going to get to a point where something's going to happen because he's getting old. Whether it means it well, goes he's already said, or... I think he said on the three peeps that, you know, John doesn't share this all consuming uh, factors of being associated with the Bristol sport. I mean, you don't need the hassle. Yeah. Spend all your time sort of. Well, chilling. the thing is, his son John. John might. John. John might not be that interested. He might uh, want to go down a different business route. In which case, then Lansdowne's got to start making some plans. So that yeah. might be where this is coming from. I mean, I've seen nothing from John Lansdowne to suggest he's got the skill set to run a football club as it is. Um, yeah. But he might. He might not want to. And that but do you leads think to the question is what happens next? Yeah, I mean, do you think and uh, and. Uh, um, um, Mark, I'll ask you this question, then I'll finish uh, with Ian because we've we've had a long one today. And thanks, Tomo, for saying good listen. Um, Mark, do you think that um, Steve, longer term, I didn't realise he was uh, seventy, and he suggested John isn't particularly interested, nor maybe as the the well, just not interested. Well, he um, probably said to him one day, all this could be yours, and that's why he's gone the Bermuda. Yeah, but <laughs> if you look at I mean, if you look at Mark Ashton and these, he was, I did 
and Dave Fevs had done it a few weeks ago. There's this Ipswich Town takeover, which is stalled, but there's a company called Game Changer 20 Limited that was set up. And Mark Ashton, somebody who Mark Ashton has known since 2002, he Mr. was chef, Mr. John O'Leary or Mike O'Leary. Do you think that Mark Ashton could actually be a fairly pivotal player in all of this? That, and I posed the question on that thread I put on OTIB. If you had a choice of investing in two football clubs, Ipswich Town or Bristol City, yeah, would you? Who would you choose out of those two? And could you see Mark Ashton emerging as an even more powerful figure in all of this within the next twelve months? And when you look at it, he's been behind all the recruitment. We have sold our best players. We've replaced them. We did start to replace them with equally good players, the Websters of this world. But do you think the person who could come out on top in all of this, rather than be at risk, is Mark Ashton? Mark? As a networker and a fixer, yeah, it's very, it's very, yeah, very possible. Um, you know, he could, you know, net, the people that he network, networks with, big money men, he's got the chance to bring them in. And the way you're building up there is like some sort of like Star Wars type thing. You can make me more powerful than you ever imagined kind of thing. Um, a bit scary, but yeah, I think it's possible. On a lighter note, um, Sheffield Wednesday have just gone 5-0 up against Cardiff. Yeah, I so, saw that. So Mick McCarthy's losing his aura. I suppose he could turn around at the end of the game and say, well, it could be worse. I could be Bristol City manager. <laughs> yeah, no, not a good impression. You're not a patch on, uh, not a patch on uh, Ian. I mean, our, the last question for you before we look forward very quickly to uh, Saturday. Ian, last question for you. Do you think Mark Ashton could emerge at the top of the pile uh, in the longer-term future for uh, Bristol City? That, you know, Pearson's not the sort of guy as a person that, despite all what you see them looking at each other into each other's eyes in the media, do you see Pearson being the sort of person that could work with Mark Ashton longer term? And do you think Mark Ashton can achieve something that, you know, he'd love to achieve? He didn't do it at Oxford and he's got it here. I, he could be top of the heap underpinning the investment, you know, the guardian of the investment of Americans or anybody else from anywhere else. What do you think? Well, is is it at all possible? Yeah, um, I'm not overly impressed by Ashton as a football man. You know, he's brought in some decent players, but very few, and they're they're now gone. Um, and I think the overall for signing seventy, well, a thick end of eighty players now, I don't think we're we're any better than we were. Well, not as good as we were two three seasons ago. Yeah. So um, could he be an employed CEO? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't got the kind of money that's going to be involved. Is someone that doesn't know him going to put all their faith in him without any assets to back it? Because bear in mind, Steve Lansdowne said he was looking for investment. He, he didn't say he was looking to, to sell it. So let's not get carried away on that. No. Um, but my, I go back to my original point. If I've got between 20 and 50 million, what am I investing in? What am, yeah. what am I getting from my 50 million? You know, is it going to be a deal where I put 50 million in and if we go up, um, I get, I don't know, five, five million a season, 10 million a season back. And I get the enjoyment of knowing that um, I'm, I'm on the board. 
Um, it's like, you know, you need somebody who's either a real gambler. Well, I mean, but the gamble, right? but the gamble is, as you say, Steve Lanzang could say, right, I'm going to put in 39 million, which is what we're allowed to put in under FFP, and then mm -hmm. issue some more shares, right? Yeah. And a another comes in and puts in, as you say, it's not asset backed, but they put in 50 million. They take a risk. Yeah? yeah. And therefore, and then you think, well, screw FFP. Let's go for it this season with the shared with the shared risk and for your 50 million, right? We've got a better chance with my 50 and the 50 that you've put in, we got a better chance of doing it this year. And you could have your 50 back in two installments, as long as we stay in the premier league for three seasons. So you're yeah. putting in 50 and because it's an ego thing with football, isn't it? You know, what do the Glazers get? Or they use it as a financial instrument at Man United, but football is all about egos. You know, you don't put money into football clubs to make money. Yeah. No, it's well, no such thing as a sustainable football club, really, is there? Well, if you if you start off with, um, you know, they, they, you know what they say: the only way to um, make a small fortune out of football is to start with a large one. Um, so, you know, I, my my own view is is that you'd have to really understand what you were getting for your investment, even if you're a gambler. I mean, gamblers want to win something, don't they? They don't just do it for the sake of wasting their money. So, but I, I can tell you of two circumstances where people bought football clubs, uh, Crystal Palace in Brentford are the clubs where they didn't own the ground and it both went disastrously wrong for a bloke called Mark Goldberg at Palace lost about 25 million quid in a season. Yeah. That wasn't now. That was, that was when Ron Dodes ended up owning the ground, wasn't it? And all yeah, that and Terry, like, Terry Venables, yeah. his yeah. manager, and wanted a year's salary up front and the bloke yeah. was daft enough to well, give it to him. So, I think the one thing's for sure, Steve won't do anything that would jeopardise the foundation that he's put there. I don't no, think no, he's a charged accountant, isn't he? But look, yeah, guys, look, we've done, so it's been a long one it. today. I mean, coming this uh, next up at Ashton Gate is uh, Chris Hewton, the man uh, everybody thought was going to be our manager last summer. Um, he's got, they got a bit of form. I think they were winning 3-0 today last time I looked against QPR. Uh, yeah, quick one-word answer from uh, each of you. Les, uh, do you think we'll end the uh, home hoodoo against Chris Hewton's uh, Nottingham Forest? By that, I mean, do you think we'll finally turn it round? Or was it so bad today and the attitude was so bad that, oh dear, what do you think, Les? Uh, the only thing I know is that I ain't paying £10 to watch it. Uh, I'm not interested. <laughs> as far as this season... Fair enough. As far as this season's <laughs> gone, uh, are we really interested in the summer to see the recruitment side of things and be keeping a close eye on that about us for the football? I've had enough for this season. You've had enough right, for so this season. You're enough. on the beach. Yeah. You're on the beat. Yep. All right. Text me. <laughs> uh, send me your email address, by the way, Les. I mentioned that to you on Twitter. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, Mark, Mark, um, you know, end of the home drought, the start of new beginnings for Bristol City, you know, a summer of joy, starting with a win against Chris Hewton's lot, or do you think we'd all be sat here moaning Saturday night saying, oh, we should have had Chris Hewton and we didn't get him for whatever reason? What do you think? Based on, based on the last few results, we got, we got no chance. So it's going to, you know, going to have to really pull something out in the, in the next week back on the training pitch. The players, the players have got to be on the same page as, as Pearson, whatever that is. We just yeah. don't know. Who no. knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? Who knows? Finally, in um, Chris Hewton, uh, how do you think we'll do? And um, do you know? Do you think we'd be in a different place if we'd had him? Ian, 
just to finish. Uh, well, Forest, Forest are a point behind us now on the same number of games. Yeah. So you, we don't know. And he, he had a very difficult start there. Um, and they were a basket case. I mean, a real basket case when he walked in. Um, I don't think we'll pick up another point this season. There you are. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. Very bold. Out, of the 18, very bold. Out, out of the 18 points um, that we've got left to play for, I don't think we'll pick up another point. So I hope people are right in what they're saying, that 49 will be enough to stay up. I'm not that sure it will be. Um but I hope it is because I can't see us picking up another point. Well, I think that's a bit too gloomy, but you know, I think we'll probably end up getting 52, 53, but interesting times. Thank you, uh, Mark, Les and Ian for uh, your contribution. Thanks for all the people that have been sending in text uh, messages. We've had a total audience of one, four, six. I think there's about 75 of you still on there at the moment. One, four, six is what it peaks out at. I think uh, we've had a uh, 1200 likes on there, which is uh, various people, Tomo, Jimbo, Baza, Basfor, Martin amongst the top likers uh, on there being great. Yeah, you're right. The guys, three peeps in uh, a podcast. That was a big coup pulling that off. They were number two in the uh, UK football podcast uh, results for, uh, I think yesterday. Uh, I think second was uh, OSIB. And then we were third and Robbins at the gate was fourth. But those are statistics that come out every day. Um, well done to them for uh, getting Steve Lands down. And uh, once again, thanks to all of you for listening. I hope you enjoy what's left of your uh, Easter Monday or if you're listening Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because people do uh, keep on listening. And um, any ideas on content or and if you want to join in, do feel free to do that. Somebody uh, 876 by birth asked if they could uh, contribute today, but uh, I didn't let you in because we were getting a bit intense. And uh, if you want to try again or email me or contact me through Twitter, please do that. Okay. Yes, I'm, play, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing this out tonight. It's Happy Talk by Captain I, Santa. I, I, think, uh, I think so. I think, of course, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what we could do next week is possibly get Daniel Farker in because if we win, we lose. And, and, yeah, and, all right. and, and we must pick this up. Yeah, so, Ian, yes. I think. Yeah, Ian, 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 learn how to do a Nigel Pearson, all right? <laughs> Somebody said oh. you're Ian Holloway, sounds like uh, Neil, Neil Warnock, sounds like Ian Holloway. I don't know where I, they got well, that. Well, I've from. never done Neil Warnock, but his missus said I sounded like Ian Holloway. Somebody Holloway. just said hey, that's geez. abysmal, Ian. <laughs> hey? Somebody just said what? Somebody said that's abysmal, your Daniel Farker, and that was no, coming on. I, I don't think I don't, yeah. I don't think it is. Daniel is not abysmal. We will not be abysmal. We have days of well, in fact, no, Just coming into the studio, just come into the studio is Gary Johnson. Gary Lee, your boy, what a wonderful job he's doing at Sunderland. Although I think they slipped up against Peterborough today, or did they get a did they get a point out of it? Yeah, but yeah, he's a good lad, but he's not as good as me, is he? Well, no one is. <laughs> <laughs> guys thank you thank you all of you see, and you, the later. see you soon all the best bye bye bye, bye. stay bye. safe it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in our participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and time supply see mcdonald's.com 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.